Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We're here with Paula Barron, who is a nurse and a body worker. So welcome, Paula. I'm excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. Well, I consider myself an old nurse who is really um, passionate and curious about the body and how it functions and how to keep it healthy. And specifically, I'm very interested in anything that has to do with cleansing and detoxing the body. And because you do the lymphatics and the glymphatics, that's a lot of that is the, the detoxing, correct? Those techniques are, are specializing in, in really detoxing? Yes, they are. Um, um, the lymphatic work is really a, um, it's a waste elimination um, function of the body. And the glymphatic um, is, refers to the lymphatics of the brain, if you will. What, is, what, are, what are lymph nodes and what is, the, what is lymphatics massage? Yeah, um, so lymphatic massage is a very gentle, repetitive massage um, that you do, um, well, depending on the person, um, how many lymph nodes you have in certain areas, but the major lymph nodes, which are highly specialized filtration uh, systems, uh, which are the majority of which are located in your neck, in your armpit, um, a lot of um, lymph tissue is in the abdomen and in your groin. And um, they did a study of what comprises of lymphatic fluid, which has a very specific way in which it flows in the body. Um, it's a sister system to the blood. So if you looked at um, the lymphatic, I mean, excuse me, the lymphatic system in the body, it looks just like it's um, the venous system or the blood. And um, they studied, <clears throat> excuse me, the fluid, the lymph fluid before it goes into the nodes and after, and before it goes into the lymph nodes, it has all the cellular debris, uh, you know, cancer, viruses, bacteria, we all have these cells in our bodies. And the lymph nodes actually rendered 100% sterile. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? So it just pushes everything into that fluid. Yeah, it, it goes it goes through the nodes. When it goes through the nodes, it's like I said, they're very specialized uh, filtration system. So once it comes out of the nodes, um, then it's completely cleansed and it spills back into your venous system. I mean, some of it is, um, you know, um, gotten rid of, if you will, um, through the excretory um, glands, you know, the lungs and sweating, um, you know, urination, bowel movements. No, okay, that's a little too graphic for radio. Sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, we all have those functions for a reason. So. <laughs> 
I'm a nurse. You have to forgive me. <laughs> Nurses are not scared of talking about bodily functions. I know that no, for a not. fact. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Um, so can you can you tell us what what makes it? Uh, you know, you talked about how you're really into detoxing, all things detoxing. What's the importance of detoxing? Well, um, if you think of it, um, this, your, the system, you have to, um, we all have waste. And so um, we've got to get rid of that waste. And so, um, and actually nowadays, there's a lot of toxins in our environment, as everyone pretty much knows. I mean, you know, it can be the cosmetics that you're putting on, even, even if you get in the shower and you're using um shampoo with chemicals and conditioners with chemicals and all those products. Um, and a lot of know, that stuff is not regulated in the United States either. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's not. And so, um, you know, the body has to deal with it, you know? Um, and so the lymph system is really um, a wonderful, I, um, there's a nurse practitioner, Michelle Pick, who likened the lymphatic system, this is my favorite analogy, to Cinderella of the body, if you will. Um, it just quietly cleans up the whole system. And it really is um, taking the garbage out. You can think of it that way. And so the so you also, I know that you do the, the glymphatics massage as well. What are, what are the glymph, uh, are they glymph nodes? Is that what they're, what they're referred to? Um, yes, the glymphatic system actually refers to um, the waste elimination system, which is, you know, that um, cleans the central nervous system, which includes the brain, of course. So um, it's really just referring to the glymphatic system is much more referring to um, decreasing cerebral uh, inflammation and through the, um, your spinal column. Oh, so interesting. Well. I feel like I haven't really ever even heard of glymphatic, uh, like cleansing in any way. I always hear uh, the, the referring to the, the lymph nodes and the work that they do. But that's very interesting that the, uh, the central nervous system also has those um, same systems in place, or similar. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not work, it doesn't work in the exact same way. Um, but what they discovered is these um, specialized um, glial cells um, in your brain that work with the cerebral spinal fluid to um to eliminate those um from your head essentially now how massage, i'm sorry oh it's okay you can continue you can continue well there, there's a um a specialized um technique um, which is really from where i learned um through the upledger institute tad wanvir uh I learned through his class these techniques, and it really is kind of like a fusion between cranial sacral work and lymphatic work. Now, I know that you had mentioned that you are that you transitioned from from nursing into doing body work. Um, what what was that transition um, all about for you? Why did you gravitate into doing more uh, work in the healing arts? Well, I'll tell you, my daughter, she's 23 now, but when she was born, um, she had a lot of health issues. Um, and I really left no stone unturned trying to figure out what was going on with her. And that's when I stumbled upon alternative medicine, this whole world I didn't know anything about, and um, started bringing her to practitioners and, um, you know, using homeopathy and flower essences and 
those were the the healings that really worked for her. And I was just smitten, absolutely, you know, fell in love with alternative medicine and uh, really wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, I was getting very tired of institutional um, nursing. And um, so I will never forget this because I was on, I was getting a colonic and my friend, I said to her, I don't know what to do. I really want to be a part of this alternative world. I think this is fascinating. And she said, what about lymph? And I said, what is that? Lymph? What the heck is that? You know, a few memories of, of nursing school, but not much, you know. And um, so I got some lymph work and my body just loved it, absolutely loved it. And um, that really um, started a love affair with uh, body work because I've studied lots of different modalities since then, too. Hmm. Was that the first modality that drew you in or what was the first uh, modality that you really started practicing hands on? Yeah, that was the lymphatic work. And it was just from that first treatment that you were like, yes, this is it. Yeah, I had to. And so I studied, you know, from different people. I studied, um, you know, I did um, uh, like a rehab. I got my certification through a rehab program because I'm a nurse. I could, you know, they teach physical therapists. Typically, physical therapists do lymphatic work. I'm really kind of odd man out here um, as a nurse doing this work. Um, And then I also studied more with Upledger as well. Because you you have a background in the craniosacral as well as the lymph and the glymphatics, um, as well as Maya Mayan abdominal work, um, and then uh, cavitation liposuction, which I've I hadn't ever heard of before um, before reading through your website. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about what um, the cavitation liposuction is? Absolutely. So um, the cavitate cavitation liposuction machine that I have is an ultrasound machine, and what the body does to um, wall off fats, you know, if the body gets overwhelmed with toxins, it walls them off in fats. And that is what um, cellulite is. It's old stuck lymph and it keeps it away from the vital organs. You know, it, it puts it into your thighs, your butt, your tummy. Um, and the I got the cavitation liposuction machine because it's a really um, gentle and efficient um, detoxifier. Uh, but that's really not why people access me for cavity lipo because an extremely fabulous benefit, side benefit to the cavity lipo detox is that you lose inches off your body. Wow. So what I do um, in a cavity lipo se- um, session is if somebody accesses me for it, which they really predominantly do for that, not for a detox, is... Um, I do a lymph work first to kind of, you know, um, awaken the system, if you will. Um, then I do the cavity lipo, which has a um, ultrasound head on it, and you have to use ultrasound gel. And then I just repeatedly go over the body part um, that they want to lose inches on. And I utilize that time to um, maybe do some health coaching. Like, for example, I there was a woman that came to me for cavity lipo. Now this woman was, she didn't look like she had an inch of extra fat on her body, frankly, but, um, but she could see, you know, on the right side, um, right around where the liver is that um, it was just the tiniest little bit more, you know, a little wider than the left side where the spleen is. 
So um, as I was working on her, I asked her what her diet was. And, you know, I know I'm very familiar with what can irritate the liver and or the gallbladder. And, you know, she had a really pretty clean diet. And so I was like, huh. So then I said, well, what do you snack on? And she said, cheese and almonds. I said, oh, okay. So maybe uh, give those up for a little while and let's see. Because um, what happens with the cavi lipo is um, – you know, I can detox that area of your body with this, um, but if you're if you continue to um, eat, for example, you know, quote the offending foods, um, then it's going to keep irritating it, and you know, and it's going to your liver is going to express it in the way it is expressing it. So, um, so I just thought the cavi lipo was a really nice. It really dovetailed nicely in with my lymphatic work. And so as all these kind of different techniques that you have, um, as they kind of fold in with each other, I know that you also kind of do um, the a little bit deeper organ work with the Mayan abdominal massage. How does how does that fit into your practice as well? Can you tell people what Mayan abdominal massage is as well? Yes, certainly. Um, Yes, the reason I studied Mayan work is because when I started practicing lymph work, uh, and I quickly realized, wow, all the action is in with these vital organs. They, you know, um, they're the, you know, the, well, the heart's the engine, but, you know, they're working hard to keep the body functioning well. And so I thought, I've really got to figure out, you know, how to uh, work with the liver and the spleen, the gallbladder, the pancreas, you know, all the the viscera. And so... um, I was going to study visceral work, and then a friend said to me, oh, that's very deep, and people don't really like it that much. So she said, why don't you consider doing the Mayan abdominal massage? And so I studied Mayan abdominal massage with Rosita Arvigo, um, and it it really is um, a nice external gentle massage, but it mostly deals with... um, with the reproductive organs more so than with, um, you know, the liver and the spleen and the gallbladder. And so I, I love that work and I definitely utilize those techniques. And then I continued to study, um, a little bit of other, you know, like uh, Chinate Song, which is a Chinese visceral massage and some visceral work through Upledger. I, I just, you know, it really helped me get in tune with those organs and how they function and what they need. Now, uh, these techniques, and if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Paula Barron um, on Valley Free Radio and Energy Matters. Um, now, how do these these techniques that you practice um, with the, the cavi lipo, with the Mayan abdominal massage, with the, the glymphatics and the uh, lymphatics, how do these different methods all kind of work together? Do people usually come in for one specific treatment um, or do they fold in? Do they kind of braid during a treatment or how, how does that all, how do they work together for you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I'll tell you um, when I first started practicing and started studying all these different modalities, it's still kind of difficult for me to articulate, you know, um, you know, if I'm trying to come up with pamphlets, you know, what, what, how do I, you know, say I do all these different things? Because the reason that I studied them all was not only because I'm really deeply curious about the body, I think it's fascinating, um, is because people, you know, when they come in for treatment, they would, you know, maybe say one thing, like they get migraine headaches, but I can see and feel in their body that 
they need work in other places and different modalities. So um, you you I feel like if you really want to be able to be helpful and be of service to the bodies, you have to know about these different modalities. And um, so a lot of times people will present, they'll say something, but it's really their mind. I mean, I'm not saying they don't have headaches or whatever, but, you know, their mind is like, yeah, let's get rid of these headaches, you know. But then their body is like, oh, please, the liver is like, you've got to work on me. Please come over here and help me. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I, um, you know, I, I tried to study all these techniques so that when things different um, – issues, if you will, present themselves, then I can work on them. I, I'm also um, a medical intuitive, and I do practice um, some shamanic work as well. And so I incorporate all these things um, in any given session. I mean, sometimes somebody will come in, and it's just straight up, they have lymphedema, and they just want their lymph drained, and that's it, you know. And are, you know, if somebody comes in and they're saying, like, I just want my lymph drained, like, do you do you try to incorporate other techniques um, in addition to that? Or do you do you stick to um, to what that is? Well, I will. A lot of times I will, um, of course, do that. And then, you know, sometimes if it's just glaring that I, you know, really would like to work on something else, if they haven't, you know, kind of checked out, if they're not all, you know, either falling asleep or um, are really introspective, then I will say, you know, this is what I'm sensing and I'm wondering if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's definitely one of those like delicate topics, you know, especially when you're kind of in the healing space, you know, and people start to relax and, you know, think you start to like uncover the different layers emotionally, mentally, physically, and, you know, things present themselves as a, as a body worker that, you know, the conscious brain, like you said, just doesn't always uh, recognize right away, or that's not the thing that the conscious mind is recognizing, but the body always lets you know. Yes, it does. As a matter of fact, um, you know, I wanted to tell you that I've um, just launched a new aspect of my practice just recently, um, in which I do remote work. It's it's really fascinating and fun, and um, I, I you know I use intention, intuition um, in those sessions, and you know anatomical knowledge as well, um, and. I started, uh, the reason I call it body whispers, because when I started working, uh, doing body work, you know, I had used to been uh, being a nurse in a hospital setting in which I had colleagues that I could uh, confer with. Like if a, obviously I'm, if a patient presents with something, I'm going to tell the doctor, but until they get there, I could grab a nurse and say, well, you know, look at this. What do you think is going on? And, and but you can't do that in a solo practice. <laughs> Um, so what I did was I would just like, if someone had a pain in their leg or their spleen or wherever, I would just sit and hold that and, um, actually talk to the organ. And it blew my mind that that organ would talk back. <laughs> yep. So, and, and Paula, so your, your office is in Northampton, right? Are you, you're downtown Northampton? Yes. I'm in downtown Northampton. Lovely. Um, and can you can you tell us a little bit about um, about your office, what the space looks like um, and, you know, what what a, a session would look like if, if somebody came to see you for the first time? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I feel really blessed that I'm um, my space that I work in. Um, it's actually very small, but it's sweet because it's in a house and it's really pretty quiet. Um, I'm on a quiet street. 
and um, I have an electric table, which I absolutely love. Um, and I have um, really pretty bay window uh, and a bird feeder. So my clients get to look out the window at the birds. Um, so what a session, um, well, you know, people access me for different things. Um, a straight up lymph massage. Um, people come in and they get a very uh, gentle, repetitive massage. Uh, and for the most part, I really do believe you need to do the whole body. Uh, and then I would focus on, you know, an area specifically that they might have. Uh, if they present with lots of different issues. I mean, you know, I have clients that come regularly and sometimes they really just need all cranial sacral that day, you know? Yeah. And yeah, they just, people present differently, different times. I am a machine woman. I have lots of different machines that I love to use. They're really kind of kooky and off planet. Um, and um, off they're planet, all, like, like, like what, do you, what do you mean off planet? Like <laughs> outer space? Yeah. Alien, seriously. alien designed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually had one of my clients say to me, you really need to be wearing tinfoil before you... <laughs> <laughs> little antennas yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but they're all they're all vibrational energy medicine machines they use light and sound yeah um most of them are really for the um the lymphatic system that's really interesting what what drew you to working um because you know having being a body worker and working directly with the body you know kind of folding in your intuitive work um what what drew you to to doing some working with some of the uh, higher tech devices out there well honestly i think you know again when i very first started doing body work i really um felt so unsure of myself you know it was such a whole new field for me to be by myself working with the body um, in such an intimate way. Um, and I absolutely love that, um, you know, because people who come to me want to be with, you know, they want to be there. And, um, it's really, and they really want to heal. And um, so that is just so appealing to me. It's really lovely. Um, and so because I felt so um, unsure of myself and also truthfully, the first person that I worked on that had um, that I did lymph work on, the very first person had lymphoma, and their body, their lymph system was—it felt like it was at a dead stop. And I thought, I am never going to be able to get this moving. I have to figure out how to do this. You know, I, I need—I need help. <laughs> so I went online, and after about five hours, I found a, a vibrational energy machine. But I couldn't afford it for the next two years. <laughs> Some of them get expensive, yeah. Yeah, my equipment's expensive, yeah. And um, and I got it, and it it's amazing. It, it helps so much. I mean, you know, the, the people that sold it to me um, said, oh, yeah, this does like the work of seven therapists. So I don't know if that's true, but it definitely helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to, can you do any of these practices on, on yourself or is it always, do you always work on, on other people? Like, can you turn those machines and, and work your own uh, lymph and glymph nodes? Yes. And you know, it's really funny because um, a lot of people, you know, say, wow, you got all this, you know, cool equipment, you know, you do, do you do it to yourself? Well, mostly no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the shoemaker's kids. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm tired. I'm going home. I'm yeah. Home. I'm work. <laughs> but I do. I mean, you know, I, I'm intimately aware of the lymphatic system. I'm fascinated with bodies. And of course, I, I'm, I really try to stay in tune with my own. And you 
know, sometimes like I'll eat a piece of chocolate or whatever. And I, like a few hours later, I go, whoops, my, you know, lymph nodes in my right armpit are talking to me. I better get to work. So, so your, your system is very, very sensitive to, um, to anything like that. So what, like when you say that, uh, after eating a piece of chocolate and then your lymph nodes are talking to you, what, what kind of sensations or what does that expression look like that, you know, that you kind of threw yourself off balance in that way? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's taken time. Um, you know, my daughter again had, you know, many, many allergies and, and I used to keep a notebook on her body and my body and what we ate and how we reacted. It was quite time consuming, but it was worth it, you know. But that's your nurse training, right? That's your, the scientist (laughs) inside of you. Right. The empirical data. Yes. Um, and so, um, you know, I encourage people that aren't in touch with their bodies to do that, um, you know, to have like actually a really simple notebook, you know, keep it, don't keep, you know, have it complicated. But anyway, so then over time, I've, you know, discovered what I react to and what I don't, and what I can, you know, quote, cheat with and what I can. So what that felt, what that feels like to me recently, actually, is, um, you know, I can feel sort of, it's not really a pain, it's more like a, Kind of like a tightness in my um, right uh, armpit, and then I go, "Oh, I know. That's <laughs> I know." What I, I think back, "Oh yeah, you had chocolate today, girl." Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so it was really about like the food journaling and kind of being mindful and, and paying attention, like deliberately yes. paying attention to what what your body was expressing. How long do you? How long do you, did it take really before you started uh, being able to connect those dots? Was it like years, years and years of practicing that, or was it after a few months you started getting into your more intimate rhythms of your body? Um, you know, I have to say, I think it was it was much faster than that. I, I was it was very fast because I was really um, distraught over how ill my daughter was, and so I was just um, really going to try to figure this out as fast as I could so I could get her the help that she needed and so I just used that information as well with myself so what I know you mentioned earlier that you were really um kind of focused on around the detox around like helping the body detox and remove the environmental toxins what kind of practices do you fold into your daily life that uh support keeping your own body clean as much as possible and functioning and, and moving those those toxins out of your own systems. Yeah, um, I I really try to. Um, well, again, my daughter's um, godmother um, really taught me a lot. Um, she has chemical sensitivity, and um, so she taught me the basics, which I think most naturopaths um, will say to their clients, which is you know filtered water. Um, an air filter in your bedroom because you're sleeping in that environment um, a long time. Even though I have that, I have a a specialized air filter in my um, workspace as well. Um, I eat, I try to eat only organic. I try not to eat out very much. I mean, I do sometimes, but, um, um, and I know which foods I react to and which I don't. So I really try that, but that, that can be very challenging. Um, You know, it can, produce maintenance fatigue there yeah (laughs) Um, yeah it can be challenging um and so and i i try to do lymph work on myself um i take um certain supplements that um that i know help me uh homeopathics 
I'm sorry. Did I answer your question, Carolyn? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm always kind of curious about how uh, how body workers take care of themselves because it's like you know as we as we offer different services out into the world, you know, we everybody has their own kind of techniques. Some people like to walk. Some people like to you know monitor their food a little bit more carefully. So that's that question is always um, you know is always of interest uh, for for me. But you you absolutely did answer the question. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I do. I I, you know, I, I walk um, three to four miles a day first thing in the morning. I do um, high interval intensity, some of that um, work. And when, before COVID, um, I definitely did a body work session once a week. I do, um, you know, I mean, I do walk the talk. I get chiropractic. I get cranial sacral therapy. Um, I um, get acupressure. Um, acupuncture. Yeah, I do a lot of body work. I love Reiki. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What do you have any like current favorite things that any current favorite techniques that you enjoy practicing of the the glymphatics, the lymphatics, the Mayan abdominal? Um, do you have any kind of like favorite things that are really sparking you in your in your practice right now? Yes, um, actually, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, doing the remote work um, has really been fun for me. Uh, I love it. Um, you know, recently I worked on um, this young woman. She um, lives in another state. We were working over the phone remotely, and um, she presented, you know, she had some issues with her uterus. I had worked on her, oh, maybe like, a, I don't I forget, maybe almost a year before, Um and so when I was working on her remotely, um, she reported that the sensations felt like they did like she was in person, um, you know, in my space. And so that just fascinates me. And I love that because you do remote, right? You must do remote Reiki. I do. Yep. Yep. I basically that's all I'm doing right now during the COVID. Um, I just I call people up. I work for an hour and then I call them back and kind of give them a little debriefing. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very pleasurable, the experience of receiving distance work. It's really fun. And um, so I, um, I work when I do the remote work, I do it with them on the phone and um, I have them participate in it, if you will, you know, by using intention and intuition as well. Uh, what, what do the, can you describe how how intention uh, fits into the practices when you're doing the distance work? Well, I think a lot of times, I think it's human nature that, you know, if we're experiencing pain somewhere, we really kind of want to get away from that area. Of course. <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, the best way um, around the pain is through the pain sometimes. <laughs> Um, so, you know, because I really do feel this way, and I, I know a lot of body workers do, that, um, you know, the pain is the body's language telling you that something's happening. Um, and sometimes the louder the pain, you know, I mean, it doesn't feel good, but, you know, it, it's going to get your attention, you know. So during um, a remote session and actually um, also in-person session, uh, I will have someone um, they'll say, oh, you know, like, um, um, I've got a headache. And so I'll just say, um, okay, well, um, if it's on the, you know, where's the headache? And if it's on the forehead, I'll have them place their hand there. Sometimes that helps with, um, 
you know, uh, intention. And when you talk about when your client was talking about like really feeling a lot of the sensations, do you find that people, a lot of the people that come to you for for healing work um, or for body work are are tuned in to the subtler sensations going on? Yes, I, I think um, by and large, people are more tuned in to the subtler sensations. And like me, and like them, if you get body work, then it, it calls your attention to it. You know, we can forget. You know, like I, somebody, I could have somebody on my table in person um, that has, um, you know, lymphedema, and I'm working on those areas. Um, but then, you know, uh, in the beginning of a lymph session, I have you deep breathe into your stomach, and there's just a little technique to kind of, you know, awaken um, the uh, lymph system in your abdomen. And when I'm doing that, it's kind of nice because it's a little kind of a diagnostic palpation thing where I can feel, you know, the organs and or ileocecal you know, different um, areas of the, or aspects of the viscera. And I can feel that they might need work. And, and, you know, and they will feel it. Like if I, I press in very gently and they'll go, whoa, that hurts. And then we will, you know, then they'll be like, whoa. And I'll say, well, you know, that's your small intestine. And then we'll talk about that. And um, so it brings their intention. And then, you know, I do, I mean, attention. And then we will talk about intention because sometimes um, we, we feel like those parts of our body are our enemy, you know? Yeah. Like. They'll say, oh, that's stupid, you know, stupid leg or whatever. Yeah, know? or if I could cut it out, I would. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh. the things that we, we talk, the way that we talk to our bodies and to ourselves yeah. can be really damaging at times. It really can. So, you know, I just try to gently, I mean, some people think I'm a whack job because I'm like, don't talk to your body like that. Yeah. They're like, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How how do you help sh- people shift out of talking to their bodies like that? Because that itself can really create a blockage. Like it, it can really, you know, create a densely packed, all those things that we say to ourselves stay in our energy system. And the more that we tell ourselves these things, they get more and more reinforced and often can start to become very physical. Um, how do you help people unwind from those things that we unconsciously say to ourselves? Nice question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's different with everybody, of course, and where they're at. Um, but sometimes what I'll do is um, I will um, ask them if they remember a time when this, especially if it's a chronic thing, do they remember a time when this, this was, you know, it felt this aspect, this body part, whatever, um, felt good, you know, felt healthy. And that will get them thinking about, oh, yeah, you know, once upon a time, um, you know, um, my small, you know, I, 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 I didn't even think about it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. Um, that can help um, if I talk about the function, like the liver, you know, um, as most people know, the liver does so many things. It has to process what we eat, what we think, what we drink, what we breathe. It's really working hard for us. And so sometimes I'll, I'll talk to them about that, you know, about its function. Um, and, you know, um, if you're drinking alcohol every day, it's taken a hit to the team. <laughs> it's taken a hit for the team, I mean, you know. And, um, and you know, if necessary, um, connect people with um, – uh, other resources in the valley. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, other issues come up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because then you start really kind of delving into like the emotional stuff underneath it all. Exactly. Yeah. So when when people start really detoxing, whether it's through any of these different um, methods that you that you practice with them, what what's the benefits? What what does life look like after you start really shedding some of this excess toxins uh, from our our body? Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, in the very beginning, I try to remember to tell people, even though so many people told me not to say this to clients because I would chase them away. I would tell them the truth that, you know, lymph work um, can make you not feel so good to detox. You know, um, you're, you're stimulating a lot of toxins in the body. I mean, you know, as a practitioner, I, I hopefully I, I can gauge somewhat, even though everybody's body is so different. And sometimes people don't really tell you what's going on in their body because they don't remember, they don't think of it. Um, so, um, you know, I try to be gentle and not, like I try not to work too much on their abdomens and their viscera right away um, because it can really detox them very fast and they may not feel very good for a while. So um, a lot of times what happens is you don't feel so great. Um, and then, well, everybody's body obviously responds differently. We're all unique, right? So some people um, will n- not feel so great right away. And then in a day or two, they feel really good, like lighter. People say they feel taller, lighter. Um, they can, you know, less brain fog. Um, and some people uh, right away feel that. They feel amazing. And then in a day or two, they feel kind of not so great. What I mean by that not so great is like they can feel a little fluey, headachy. Um, it does increase um, urine output um, when you do lymphatic work. Um, and so the, the really, the, the fun stuff, of course, is when people feel much better, <laughs> um, you know, but a lot of times it's peeling back layers, like people who have Lyme, um, or, you know, really people who are very inflamed for various and sundry reasons, um, start seeing a decrease in, um, in those symptoms. You know, it's funny that you were talking about, um, about the, the detox processing and not feeling good because today I, you know, I, I try to be a little bit more intuitive with my, my caffeine intake. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was drinking a lot more coffee. So I transitioned back to tea and then today I didn't have any tea. And then, you know, until later this afternoon, right before the show, cause I kind of needed a little pick me up and, you know, after two years of doing the same technical difficulty, like the the technique, the things that I typically do, my my ordinary tasks are a little bit more sluggish. You know, it's like you're talking about these kind of detoxing moments. You really, you do have to kind of give yourself a little bit of space to let yourself heal and process. And, you know, even just one day without any caffeine and a little bit like, oh, so <laughs> it's funny that you were talking about that and then having all that stuff happen. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm detoxing right now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I um, my clients hate when I get on. I get sometimes I get on a little soapbox with caffeine. Um, get on your soapbox, girl. Get on your soapbox. Tell <laughs> this us is my moment. <laughs> yeah, tell us about caffeine. <laughs> uh, here's a, I can't believe I'm going to say this on radio. Um, 
you know, it's not a very popular thing to say at all, um, you know, because I used to adore coffee. As a matter of fact, the only time that I will allow myself, and it has to be decaf, you don't want to see me on caffeine anymore, <laughs> <laughs> ricochet rabbit, but um, yeah, um, your lymph system really doesn't like um, caffeine. Um, what, you know, I think what most people understand is that, well, first of all, it's a neurotoxin. And second of all, caffeine um, is a neurotoxin. Mm-hmm. What is that? How do you understand that? What does that mean? Well, it's, um, it alters your neurology. I can say that for sure. And it, yeah, it definitely affects and, your nervous system very strongly. Yes, It goes, um, it, it throws you into fight, flight or freeze. Um, and so, um, your body, uh, you can't really do any healing when you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode. So I ask people to please abstain from caffeine if they can. Sometimes they can't. They just get such bad headaches. You know. Yeah. Or they're not able to function at you know peak performance when they kind of are, are required to do that with family or, you know, with work. And they, you know, yeah. It's, you know, they're self-medicating, you know, because... We've all gotten into that, you know, myself included, just, you know, worked, work, work. <laughs> so did you, how, so when you ask people to abstain from caffeine, you know, what, what does that look like? Is that complete, like cut it out of your system, cut it out of your diet for, um, forever? Is it to, uh, to cut it out and then reintroduce it and see how it feels when, when you say that, you know, abstain, what is, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I ask them to do it for the session if they can, and then I'm hoping that they can feel a difference in their body. Um, and just my, by my asking, they'll go, oh, maybe this isn't so great for me. Maybe this is part of my problem. Um, and then, you know, if there's somebody that, if they're a client that comes repeatedly, you know, um, we, we, we will talk about the difference with them on caffeine or not on caffeine. Yeah. I mean, I notice myself on caffeine, I get a lot more work done, but I also, uh, it, it kind of propels me, you know, when I'm maybe feeling a little bit more tired, you know, it, it shoots me into, into that space. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And then later in the afternoon, when I kind of start feeling a little bit more relaxed, um, I might take a nap, but I can feel how strong, like my, my adrenals are almost have like, you know, been reacting in that time. It's, it's, it's a very sharp difference when I um, push the caffeine a little bit more. Yeah. And so, you know, I, for myself as well, you know, um, I miss being able to have that little boost, um, but it, I just can't handle it anymore. So I really tried to work on, you know, alternating, uh, you know, doing, using an alternative, you know, like uh, maybe just a little bit of, of fruit juice or, you know, a piece of fruit or exercise uh, or a nap, <laughs> you know, um, just try to do something different. So Paula, we are coming towards the top of the hour. Do you have any any words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe? Um, any information that you feel like people should should really know? Uh, I would just really like to encourage people to listen to their bodies because we all have that ability. And, um, you know, if uh, you need a little help with that, I'd be honored to assist you with it. And, and how, how do you encourage people to listen to their bodies? What is that? Um, what is something that we can practice uh, in our own ways at home? 
Yeah, um, I think, you know, like when you wake up in the morning, that's a good time when things are, you know, really quiet. If the kids haven't woken up yet or, you know, whenever that time is when um, you're still coming out of the um, sleep state is to really just check in with your body. What's going on? What, what, feel, what does it feel like um, in my body? And, um, and if there's a pain in a certain area, uh, pay attention to it. Also, you could do what we talked about earlier, um, you know, notice, um, it, you know, certain things that you've eaten, you know, and in correlation with how you feel. Um, especially if, you know, if there's an area of your body that's talking to you with pain, um, not to just ignore it, you know, but to look, look at it, listen to it. Yeah. And um, are you are you mainly doing distance work right now um, with clients, or are you do you have plans for the kind of COVID reintroduction, reintegration, uh, opening up your office uh, in the future at some point, or what what does your uh, professional practice look like right now? Um, yes, I, I have I do see a few clients, um, and of course I I ask them all the you know if they've been exposed or have a fever or anything. I'm using a mask and gloves, um, which is excruciating. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, um, it's, I'm able to see some people. Um, I haven't really opened way up. I just see a few people. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a challenging time. Um, I'm doing some remote stuff and a little bit um, in my space right now. Great. And and how can people find you? What's the the easiest people for um, easiest way for people to find you? Um, yeah, you could um, check my website out at lymphatics plural lymphaticsmassagema.com, and I also advertise in many hands. Fabulous. Well, thank you for coming on to Energy Matters, Paula. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And um, and you can stay on the line. And if, of course, if you are just tuning in and you want to catch this episode or any other episode of Energy Matters, you can always go on to ReikiNorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. Or if you're a podcast listener, you can find the Energy Matters podcast anywhere that you download your favorite uh, podcast. Have a great evening, everyone, and be well.